It's time once again for another episode of Atlanta Legal Experts Radio, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta. And now here's your host, Emily Rowell. Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlanta Legal Experts Radio. I am your host, Emily Rowell, and I have a wonderful guest with me that I've known for quite some time, Dusty Branson with Branson Law. How are you this morning? I'm well. Good. Thank you. Thank you for coming this morning. Uh, So Dusty is a 1982 graduate of the Emory University School of Law and earned his business degree from Georgia State University. He practices primarily in the area of wills, trusts, probate, and estate administration. In addition to being a member of the Georgia Bar Association, Mr. Branson is a member of the Fiduciary Law Section of the State Bar of Georgia, the Estate Planning and Probate Section, the Lawyer Referral and Information Service, and the Sole Practitioner and Small Firm Section of the Atlanta Bar Association, and the Real Property, Estate and Probate, and the Sole Practitioner Section of the American Bar Association. You don't know what you're doing at all, do you? Quite a roster there. (laughs) Yes. He has served as President of the Board of the Local Branch of the American Heart Association, uh, Board President of the Southeastern Chapter of the AMC Cancer Research Center of Denver, Colorado, Member of the Board of Directors of the Georgia Combined Health Appeal and has served on the board of the Georgia Chapter of the Arthritis Foundation. His office is located adjacent to Lenox Square in Atlanta, and his website is BransonLawAtlanta.com. So how did you get started in all this? What, what took you here? Uh, I had no intentions of practicing estate law when I first entered law school. Yes. However, I had a professor my first year who taught property, and I became so intrigued with the whole concept and idea of trusts, which Mm -hmm. is what property was all about in Mm -hmm. the 11th century, where our law started, Mm -hmm. that uh, I couldn't help myself. Oh, so I just sort of I was swept away and started taking all estate planning and business courses in law school. Fantastic! So you focus on wills and trusts and probate, also estate and trust administration. I've got the most important question that anybody can ask you: Why is it so important that I have a will? Well, it is very important because it's quite costly not to have a will, and oddly enough. Over 70% of the population checks out without a will. Mm. Uh, I find that people postpone it for some reason or another. Generally, they think, well, I have plenty of time to do it. And Mm -hmm. that is not usually the case because if you keep waiting at some point, we're all going to check out. And you might as well plan for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. The first and most obvious reason to have a will is it allows you to direct the distribution of your assets to whom you wish. Without a will, state law determines who inherits those assets. Regardless of the size of your holdings and to avoid lengthy court time and withstand challenges to the estate, you should have a will. With a will, you decide not the court but you who manages your estate. This includes organizing your assets, paying your debts, distributing the remaining assets as you direct in your will. Until your estate is finalized, bills must be paid and any income must be deposited. If the court manages this, your estate will pay fees 
sometimes draining your holdings down to nothing. You can use your will to disinherit those who would otherwise inherit under state law if you died intestate, in other words, without a will. Mm -hmm. Now, most of us aren't real interested in disinheriting our family members, but you certainly can do that in the state Mm -hmm. of Georgia. Uh, Georgia law does allow you to disinherit except for small provisions, modest provisions for the spouse and minor children. And it's called your support. Initially, you were supposed to be awarded enough money to live on for a year by the court, Mm -hmm. but it's now within the court's discretion. And you can ask for more in your support. Sometimes you receive it. Sometimes the judge uh, decides that that's too large of a chunk of the estate. Even though you can disinherit people, you do need to name your spouse in your will if you have one. You can simply say, I leave them nothing. And (laughs) all of your children's names plus the relationships so that they cannot contest the document claiming that you forgot them. Uh, In other words, we put language in such as, I have two children, they're Betty and John, and because of the contempt with which my son treated me mm-hmm. during the later years of my life, I hereby leave him nothing. Wow. And uh, another advantage of having a will is that if you have a taxable estate, you have the opportunity to minimize or, in most cases, eliminate estate taxes. You make gifts or donations to organizations and charities as you wish which, lacking a will, the court makes a decision as to who receives your property. Uh, That generally excludes charitable organizations that you care about. If you're a single person without children, you may want your estate items and assets to go to close friends and charities. However, lacking a will, once again, the court chooses extended family members or distant cousins that you perhaps have never even spoken to. You can always update your will if you change your mind about anything it contains or if there are major changes in your life. Changes are such as if another child is born or you remarry, you divorce, it's Mm -hmm. a very good idea to have your will examined to see if there should be any changes made. Also, uh, people don't realize it, but the law in this area changes frequently and Mm. rather rapidly. So one should have their will at least uh, reviewed at least once, uh, I would say every three to five years. Let me ask you this. Um, To have, I know that there's easy ways to get wills online, and I know that's like nails on a chalkboard when I say that to you. I hear you saying, you know, the rules change, the laws change. It's so important to get it done by prof- professional. Am I correct? Yes, you are correct. I've uh, been practicing law since 1982, and I have never prepared any two wills that are the same. Mm. You can do things in a will that uh, online forms wouldn't allow you to do, and it's really important that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I uh, very recently had an estate with a trust, 
and the attorney who drafted the trust for uh, my clients didn't know anything about estate law or trust law. Mm. And as a result of that, he put in language that prohibited their daughter, whom they wanted to take care of all of their assets if they became ill, oh, gosh. from doing everything that she was supposed to do. Oh, so when they became ill, we had to go to court, mm-hmm. go through proceedings in court to have a guardianship and conservatorship appointed, and it became very costly and expensive. Sure. So you need someone who knows what they're doing in this area. Now, um, if you, what are the, um, what if you're a single parent with minor children? It's probably, that's probably one of the most important situations in which a person should have a will. I had a 30-year-old client once who told me the very best thing she could give her children for Christmas was a well-prepared will. She was a single mom and relatively young, but she was right. She unexpectedly died in an automobile accident two years later. It was a great relief to her family that she had thought ahead. A will prevents your children's other parent from seizing financial control of the children's inheritance from your estate or other accounts. A court may appoint the other parent as a guardian of your children, and your children then will be living with them and they'll be caring for them, but a will allows you to establish a trust in which the inheritance of your children will be handled by someone that you select as trustee. That's more often than not a friend or family member, but it can certainly be a financial institution. All right. uh, Go ahead. In Georgia law, a minor can only have $5,000, and anything over that needs to be left into a trust, a trust that's either freestanding that you've already created or a trust that you very simply create in your will. And that keeps your former spouse from handling your children's money. Mm. Now, what about, um, once again, you're listening to Atlanta Legal Experts with your host, Emily Rao, Rich Casanova, producer, engineer, and big fan. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, talk to us about um, what if the children are adults? How does, what is that, how does that impact the uh, outcome of this scenario? Well, once again, and I hope this isn't because I am a trust and estate attorney, <laughs> you can leave ch- your adult children assets outright. But I have a client at present who has a 30-year-old son who really hasn't matured. He's married and has two children and lives in the house, uh, one of the rental houses, actually, that his parents own. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're so disgusted with him at this point that they're not exactly disinheriting him. They're allowing him to stay in the residence after their death, but the bulk of their assets are going to be paid to a trust for the grandchildren's education. And then when their grandchildren are educated, by the time they reach 30, then they're allowing the trustee to give income to the son. And when the son is 65, we arrange to have both income and principal assets for the son according to the trustee's discretion. Hmm. So if you're young and healthy and you're not thinking about getting a will, what would make you 
need a will at that point? Well, in particular, if you're young and healthy, you may have a specific idea of what assets you would like to go where, mm -hmm. especially if you're young and you have your own business. So with a will, you can provide where those assets go. Instead of going to some family member, uh, perhaps a distant cousin or uh, an aunt or uncle, you can arrange for your assets to be distributed to friends that you name and charitable organizations if there's one in which you're interested. I think the bottom line of all this is that you're working so hard to create a legacy for your family. Um, and all that money that you work every day, all day long, eight to five or even longer, can just be, when you're gone, can be decided on by somebody that doesn't even know you. So why would you not have a will and have those things for what you want them for? Uh, in my experience, people are afraid to face their mortality. Mm. They don't want to admit to themselves that uh, their life is finite. Mm -hmm. I have someone uh, who first made contact with me eight years ago, but didn't come in to have estate documents prepared until they discovered that he had prostate cancer and was scheduled for surgery a week later. Oh, so we had to work double time to sure. get everything prepared. You just don't know. No, you don't. But when someone that you know is uh, lost, say, in an automobile accident or passes away, that often is a trigger uh, for someone to come in and say, I think I'm ready to have my estate documents prepared. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you work with financial planners. I do. Financial planners uh, are advisors to their mm -hmm. clients, mm -hmm. and most financial planners will ask their clients if their estate is in order, if they've had the proper documents drafted. Mm -hmm. So they're good referral sources for you. Absolutely. And vice versa. And vice versa. Yes. Yes. So it was wonderful to hear everything you know and your, just your expansion of everything. Um, if you will let us know how the people listening, how they can reach you. Certainly. Uh, you can take a look at my website, which again is BransonLawAtlanta.com. And there you will find my address and phone number. My phone number is 404 720-0600. And I'm very glad to provide a complimentary consultation mm -hmm. over the phone to anyone that has questions about what we've been discussing. I imagine a lot of people out there are wondering, what is a trust? I thought it was only for rich people. But that isn't true, and I'll be glad to discuss it with you. Please feel welcome to call me. Yeah, and we'll have to have you back on the show so you can discuss trust. Thank you. That would be very good. <laughs> I would be glad to do that. And that was Dusty Branson on Atlanta Legal Experts Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Atlanta Legal Experts Radio. I am your host, Emily Rowell, and I have here with me Ashley Holland-Couch. 
Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for being here. She is with the Holland Entertainment Law Group, LLC. She is the principal at the Holland Entertainment Law Group, LLC, and the Couch Artists focus her entertainment law practice on music, TV, and film, and art clients in Georgia and Tennessee. She attended Duke University, the University of Denver, and has completed MBA coursework at Berkeley College of Music. She also serves as artist rights manager at Live Nation Entertainment and is active in many professional organizations, including the American Bar Association, where she served as co-chair and content editor for the YLD Committee on the Entertainment and Sports Industry, and currently serves as vice chair of committees and liaisons and programming manager. She blogs weekly, speaks at industry conferences each month, and her entertainment law content and tips are frequently published in ABA and other industry publications. You've got a list, too. I do. (laughs) I do. I've been busy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what kind of got you into law, if you don't mind the little background story? Everybody loves to hear that story. Sure. So I actually started out on the arts side. Um, Growing up, I was really heavy in the arts. I went to a local high school here and actually had art exhibited at the High Museum by the time I was in high school. So I was already pretty heavy in that community. Uh And when I went to college, oddly enough, I had planned to save animals in the rainforest and what started out in biology and art and then eventually came to the policy side um, I moved out west to focus on environmental law and while out there oddly enough I started working with a nonprofit organization that pairs with the music industry mm-hmm. to effectuate environmental causes where there'll be a donation of a percentage of ticket sales there are some high-level musicians on their board including Bonnie Wright um, it's called rock the earth for anyone who's interested in checking it out and kind of fell back into the music business that way. Um, following that, I worked for AEG and ended up um, getting basically a Rolodex of all of their Nashville contacts. And right out of law school, was lucky to be able to shadow Johnny Cash and Elvis's lawyer. So it was a great nice. opportunity right out the gate to <laughs> fall straight in. I mean, it's funny when you, you're sitting at lunch and hearing a story about Madonna calling in the middle of the night. So <laughs> certainly an interesting, uh, interesting time to enter the market in 2008 when I first was out of law school. Sure. It seems like the path was just laid out for you. You know, I, I would say I took kind of a roundabout path. I have experience in a lot of different yeah. legal areas, but I keep tr- falling right back into entertainment. I know that's sure. definitely my true north, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit about what I'd like to talk about this morning. Absolutely. Um, so how do you break into that entertainment law in Georgia? That's so this is a question that I get all the time. I, I would say about once a week meet with either a young lawyer or a law student, or you know, sometimes I even get calls from high school and college students who see this in their future, as well as attorneys who have been practicing in other areas that Mm -hmm. maybe just don't feel completely fulfilled in whatever it is they're doing. So, um, I'm, you know, in marketing, which is a lot of what we do, (coughs) believe it or not, in entertainment law, you hear about disrupting the system. So I've got some ideas for the people out there listening that may want to break in and are not sure how. Mm -hmm. So the first question that I get is, if you don't already have an entertainment practice, how do you start getting those clients? And more so than any other area where I've practiced, it is a relationship business. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the vast majority of my clientele is word of mouth coming either from other lawyers or from industry people or just chance encounters. So the first advice I can give is get out there. There are a million different organizations and nonprofits and ways to meet people. Um, You know, please don't let this imply an endorsement of anyone or any group, but some ideas. First off, Georgia Lawyers for the Heart. 
for the arts. They're mm-hmm. an exceptional organization that basically serves the art community where there's lower income. They may not be able to pay normal hourly rates for an entertainment lawyer, which can get very, very high. Mm-hmm. So they evaluate the clients, determine who really needs an income-based help. Um, there are free referrals. And those who don't qualify for that, there's a, a reduced fee paid referral system as well. Um, that's a great way not only for clients to seek entertainment law services, mm-hmm. but also it's a great way for lawyers to start getting their feet wet in this area. Now, I certainly would never suggest that you should commit malpractice if you don't know what you're doing. But what I would suggest is finding another entertainment lawyer who doesn't mind shadowing you to make sure that you're doing mm-hmm. everything correctly. Um, the State Bar of Georgia does have a sports and entertainment law section. If you don't know any entertainment lawyers, that's a great way to get involved. The leadership is extremely strong. Um, Another suggestion, obviously I'm very closely uh, involved in the American Bar Association. Mm -hmm. There's both a Young Lawyers Division entertainment and sports section that I was the chair of last year, and there's also a parent forum. And some of the attorneys with this are literally the top attorneys in the country in sports and entertainment law. It's a fantastic organization, um, very easy to get involved. We're always looking for volunteers great way to get published and also to find a mentor and that kind of leads me to my next point um, that I've touched on a bit but finding a mentor it's I think Mm -hmm. critical you can always continue learning no matter what point in your career that you're at and to give back find those that you can serve as a mentor for them as well. So tell me in your practice exactly what do you focus on do you do like um what do they call it? Uh, copyright and all that. Can you can you kind of explain that a little bit? Sure. So you know, the, I think in the old days you would come to an entertainment lawyer and present a contract you'd already been given, and it was more straightforward. Now I have clients who come into my office and said, "I just wrote a song. Now what?" So it really is a, a different kind of representation where mm-hmm. we are considering things like business strategy mm-hmm. and marketing and PR. So the questions are kind of different. You really have to think like an entrepreneur when you're advising your clients because the scope is different. And I actually read in the New York Times, there's something like 200,000 different revenue streams for one hit song. So helping your clients identify those revenue streams becomes a critical component. But I do also work with copyrights Mm -hmm. and trademarks. I help register intellectual property. I help clients with all, yeah, I help clients (laughs) with, with all of their, their contracts, which especially in the music business and TV and film can get very complex. Mm -hmm. About half of my practice is music. As you mentioned, I also am a full-time consultant with Live Nation, handling some bigger deals there, um, all their streaming music deals and um, a lot of our branded content I work with as well with, with large partners. So, um, you know, I focus on everything from the brand new artist who has no idea how to get in the market to more higher level artists that have been reviewed in Rolling, in Rolling Stone or that have a feature film. Sure. So you get ma- mixtapes in the mail? No. I'm just uh, you know what? Believe it or not, I, I do probably more frequently than you would really? <laughs> than you would imagine. Yeah. I was joking. Oh no, that's that's something that I get. Which some are oh, some are so awesome. Funny. Some maybe need a little more work. Help. But <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, but so but you know, everybody can use a lawyer. So sure. you know, I, I encourage everyone to keep trying. And and you know, you were asking about Georgia specifically. There are a number of awesome groups that are local. Um, the Georgia Production Partnership, the Georgia Music Partnership. Um, there's a group called NARIP, the National Association of Record Industry Professionals, that has a strong presence here. Women in Film and Television Atlanta. The list really goes on and on. For anyone interested in learning more, I do post a lot of stuff about local events on my social media. Um, most of it, I'm at Couch Lawyer. 
Um, mm-hmm. And feel free, anyone who's listening, to check that. I try to send out great events, and many of them are free or a low cost for mm-hmm. entry. So for those starving artists, or like I say, you know, it's funny, I went to law school trying to not be a starving artist. Now I'm just a starving art lawyer. But there are a <laughs> lot of events that you can get into for a low cost. So um, resources for the entertainment industry clientele and their attorneys. Sure. So that's kind of touching on some of the groups that I was just talking Mm -hmm, about. Georgia Production Partnership, Georgia Music Partnership. I also have not mentioned the Georgia Music Industry Association is another one. Um, All really strong groups. And like I said, they have free events around town. Um, You know, there are lots of film festivals. And I would say most of these festivals, this is great both for lawyers and for clients. Mm -hmm. I typically leave leave any kind of big conference industry conference with three new clients and three new mentors that's kind of my rule of thumb um you know you can get out there and just talking to people you never know who you might be able to help um and and what can evolve from that i mean Mm -hmm. i see some really beautiful collaborations that have happened by chance encounters or you know just asking someone where the coffee is at a conference sounds like you really have to know how to network and it sounds like you do that's the biggest part of it that is the biggest part of it i think networking is key and just getting your name out there um Mm -hmm. letting people know that you exist and that you're interested in this market and always learning i mean there's a million different publications that come out blogs i mean this is an area where the law is literally changing every day when i got out of law school in 2008 we weren't even talking about streaming now we're not talking about physical records at all right so i mean it, it changes very quickly it's an area you have to stay on your toes with new technology but it's a really exciting area i think you know there's a misconception that it's easy just because it's really really fun it's not easy but it's super rewarding if you can get your get your bearings in this area like i took out my old cds the other day (laughs) and i started to listen i'm like why i don't even have to do this yeah like It takes up room in my car. You know, I finally let go of the tin binders that I had at our house in storage. You know, I think probably most of them scratched anyway. But, you know, and and it gets into even kind of estate questions of who owns your digital content after you're Mm -hmm. gone. What happens with that huge library of music or of files or whatever it is. So there's a lot of interplay with other areas as well. Um, And this is is largely a corporate area. I mean, like I said, it's an entrepreneurship area. So understanding all of those critical components of creating a business really, you know, no matter what level of entertainment you're at, it's always something that you need to be thinking about how to keep growing. Sounds like your background and like all the experience that you had to get to this point has helped you tremendously because of all the different things that you have to know, you know, and all the different planning that you do. And it's like you touch on different areas of law anyway, within the entertainment area oh you certainly do and of course you get the clients that you know have the occasional arrest or you know a divorce or whatever else in this area (laughs) so it's it's a great great uh, source of referrals for my colleagues who maybe practice in other areas I send a lot of it out (laughs) sure sure Um, and speaking of so you would probably get a lot of uh, new clients probably just from referrals would be your Number one? I do. Yep. Referrals are my number one. Like I said, the vast majority of my business is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's funny. One of my favorite stories about that is there's a musician who I've literally been listening to since I was 12. No joke. And he found me on Facebook. About 20 years later, he found me and hired me just from seeing me on Facebook. So now he's one of my clients and he's actually one of my most famous clients. So, you know, you never know who's, who's watching. It's always important to keep an eye on that marketing. Um, 
Is, is his name Rich Casanova, by the way? Uh, <laughs> no, he, he's my more famous client, <laughs> actually. Yeah. That, that. Very close, yeah. yes. I get, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you must live like in a very surreal world, right, on a day-to-day basis. I, I love working with the yeah. clients I do. The Watching yeah. all the creativity that comes out of them and seeing an idea form into something tangible yeah. and marketable, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. So once again, you're listening to Atlanta Legal Experts uh, with your host, Emily Rao, Rich Casanova here, and we're having a conversation right now with uh, Ashley Holland Couch uh, mm-hmm. with the Holland Entertainment Law Group. And um, so talk to us about, uh, I mean, it is, I hear the passion and excitement of what you do, mm-hmm. and I imagine no two days look the, look the same or sound alike. Uh, and by the way, Emily has, for listeners, has already submitted her mixtape over to <laughs> Ashley, so uh, you're listening a little bit earlier, yeah. <laughs> Um, so seriously, what's um, what's the biggest challenge with your business? Because um, what you've talked about, it all sounds very you know um, uh, exciting and romantic and so forth. But you know, what, what's a difficult day for you look like, or what's a challenge? You know, I, a lot of what I do is negotiation, okay. which I enjoy doing. I like parties coming together and finding yeah. ways that it's beneficial for both. There's always disparate interest. And so getting into some of these really heated negotiations, for example, I've been in the middle of one with a major network for about two months now. My clients have created a sustainable community in another country that's going to be the subject of a reality show. And they've got some pretty specific demands. They've got things they're absolutely not willing to do that, yeah. you know, it's it's been an interesting um, back and forth between the parties. So just trying to figure out, okay, how can we work through whatever this conflict is? How can we, you know, create a situation where we all feel as comfortable as possible? And then, of course, you know, another challenge would be there is a lot of ambiguity, I think, in in this market. People don't really understand their rights and responsibilities. They don't have a clear understanding of copyright laws and to know what what paperwork they need mm-hmm. to ensure that they're protected. Um, so I think that that's a lot of it is untangling things that have happened when clients weren't properly protected from the outside. So I really can't stress that enough, even if the expense seems a little daunting. Having an entertainment lawyer at the beginning when everyone's comfortable and friendly and excited about the project is critical versus waiting till the end when you're not sure who owns what. Mm -hmm. And now the project has generated money and there's more of a fight. So, you know, getting in, you know, not being able to control things from the outset certainly can present some problems down the road. So tell me one of your favorite stories. Oh, goodness. You know, it, every day <laughs> is a favorite story, to oh, be perfectly good. honest. I, I mean, I, I've been in other areas of law that it's a little bit harder to stay excited. In this area, even on the worst day, I can respect what my clients have created and what they do. And that's a really beautiful thing to be able to say, man, I'm frustrated with you, but I love your painting or I love your song. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going. Sure. Um, keeping that motivation up and just being able to help people. I mean, it, we're in an area that can be highly dramatic, but at the end of the day, we want people to keep creating. We want beautiful things to keep coming out of this world and expression. So being able to be even a tiny part of that is my favorite part of what I do. I love it. I absolutely love it. Will you let our listeners know how they can reach you? Sure. So my website for my legal services is www.hollandlaw.com. There's no D on Holland. And then my art, which I do have a visual art site as well, is couchartist.com. Like I said, most of my social media is under Couch Lawyer, aside from Instagram, which is at couchartist. Thank you so much. Again, that was Ashley Holland Couch with the Holland Entertainment Law Group on Atlanta Legal Experts. Definitely deserve to be an expert on the show today. Thank you so much, guys. 
And this is Emily Rowell again. Thank you for tuning in to Atlanta Legal Experts Radio. Last but not least, I have Michael Mogul. Mogul, sorry, let me start <laughs> over again. We can cut and paste later, so we'll just start over again. This is Emily Rowell. Thank you for t- tuning in to Atlanta Legal Experts Radio. I've got Michael Mogul here with me, president and CEO of Crisp Video. Good, Good morning. morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. The uh, Michael Mogul is the president of Crisp Video Group, a national legal video marketing company that produces high-quality and engaging legal videos for attorneys all over the country. His company bridges the gap between video production and video implementation, taking a comprehensive approach that helps attorneys build their brand and attract better cases. He has been featured in Forbes, AVVO, ABA, The Huffington Post, and The Wall Street Dur- Journal. You can contact him at hello at crispvideo.com and visit them online at www.crispvideo.com forward slash legal. And would love to find out where did you come up with the name? So interesting story, actually, with Crisp Video. It actually kind of stems from the roots of our company. Years and years ago, there was a... uh, so I bootstrapped our entire business from, from the very beginning. Um, no investors, no partners, no funding. Um, every, you know, every dollar that we made, we put right back into the business. Um, and years and years ago, there was a, a show, now, now canceled, on, uh, on HBO. It was called How to Make It in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the common like, immigrant story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in the show, they had a denim line um, that, these, uh, that these two friends essentially put together. And the name of the denim line was Crisp. So okay. um, it, it's kind of a, you know, a play off that, but also the fact of like how we, you know, how we brand uh, uh-huh. our clients. It, we have a focus on crisp branding, um, but it. that's, that's essentially the root of it. I love it. I absolutely love it. So tell me, how do you help attorneys? Yeah. I, so one of the biggest challenges that we've seen, so there's over 1.3 million attorneys in the U.S. And, you know, what we've found, especially when we first started working with attorneys years and years ago, was that. You know, we found that the best cases really went to the best marketers. Um, you know, there was several outstanding out- attorneys out there, but unfortunately, many times clients didn't choose attorneys based on who was the best attorney. In fact, some of the best ones weren't weren't visible to them. Mm. Um, I mean, just this morning, I was uh, speaking with one of our clients in New York. He was doing a search in one of the legal directories, and there's over four thousand personal injury attorneys just in New York City. Sure. So it's an extremely, extremely saturated space. And what we do is we help attorneys stand out, differentiate themselves, become visible, um, solo and small firms, and essentially compete with those larger mega firms where you know they can't compete and buy every billboard or every radio ad or TV spot, but they mm-hmm. can be strategic in their marketing. So that's, that's where we help. So are these videos um, like short and to the point, are they, you know, where do you put them out on social media, YouTube? Can you tell me a little bit more about the product? So there's, you know, traditionally when we started, what we've seen with, with legal video were the, the late night infomercials, the ambulance chasers, mm-hmm. call now, all that. And mm-hmm. uh, what we found was that the, that the clients that that was attracting were, you know, the low hanging fruit and not necessarily the desirable types of clients in cases that attorneys wanted. Sure. Um, so the types of videos that we produce focus more on on telling your story, what differenti- what differentiates you and your firm, essentially not just the what of what you do, but mm-hmm. why you do it, and why someone should choose you as opposed to another firm. So most I of the like videos, that. you know, th- they are short form. Uh, most mm-hmm. of them go on the web, you know, the two to three minute videos um, on an attorney's website, in emails, on social media like Facebook, which has been mm-hmm. extremely powerful lately. Um, mm-hmm. 
but it's something that can help uh, when a client is deciding who do I choose to work with. Let's say they, um, they do a Google search, they click on three uh, attorney websites that come up. Um, how are they to tell those three apart and decide who they'd like to work with? Um, and the videos are that differentiator. So why, um, what type of challenges do these attorneys have that you are helping them solve with the video marketing? Yeah, I, the biggest challenge is setting themselves apart. I mean, from mm -hmm. the perspective of many clients, they see attorney at law, and that's it. You know, there's, you know, they they go to every website. It's interesting. Uh, I, w I would say this to many of the attorneys: have, have you tried to Google yourself? Right? Have you like mm. have you tried to visit your own website? And would you hire yourself? Um, because <laughs> from the I love it. You know, from the perspective of a client, they, they see it, and it's very similar, right? Let's say that they happen. I mean, look, we're talking about, let's say, 4,000 attorneys in New York City just for personal injury. You know, if someone does a search, let's say you're just kicking ass and you happen to be on the first page of Google, well, there's only 10 people that can show up on the first page. And let's, sure. let's say you win that battle and you are on the first page. Someone's still going to be deciding between, you know, who do I work with? So they're checking things like reviews and mm -hmm. they're checking, you know, their website and they're trying to decide who do I choose to work with. Mm -hmm. um, and what we find is the most uh, discerning clients, the ones who are focusing, you know, typically the highest case values, which means that they want the best attorney and their mm -hmm. decisions primarily based on value, not just on who's the cheapest, right? Sure. Those are going to take some time to really make that decision and they're going to be vetting different attorneys and law firms. And I mean, that's the biggest challenge to solve. I mean, there's just there's more and more attorneys every day. Like now we consider it's like essentially one for every 256 people, mm. every man, woman, and child, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> it's a lot. How do you compete? Right. And I feel like a lot of them, a lot of attorneys in general, um, and that's just from working with them for so long, that they, they love what they do. They know what they do. They're very good at it, but that's it. As far as becoming a marketer, it's a whole other story. So I'm sure you help them on that, you know. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the biggest areas where we do help attorneys because it, you're right. I mean, they went to school to practice law. They want to come out and they want to work with clients and, and cases. And what we find is that there's, there's this huge burden that they find themselves in in terms of be, being a business owner and having to market their firm and attract clients and cases and have a consistency and even dealing with the intake process. You know, there's so many challenges there. Um, that, you know, we really step in to help them tell their story. We do the creative. We come out. We learn about the firm. Um, we help, you know, essentially put together a video that is, that builds a connection, that connects with people emotionally. I mean, it's one of the things you think about. Like, if you went around a room of people, let's say it's 100 people, and you said, all right, everyone, you know, state your age and an interesting story about yourself. You probably won't rem remember all the ages, but you'll remember the stories. Sure. And I think that that's the biggest takeaway that, you know, with, with our attorneys, people are going to remember them and they're going to feel an emotional connection to them. And if they can connect with them, then they're going to be more likely to work with them. And it's not going to be everybody, but it's going to be the right ones. Right. All right. Um, again, you're listening to Atlanta Legal Experts with your host, uh, Emily Rao. We're having a conversation with uh, Michael Mogul, the president and CEO of a crisp video group. And so um, everybody has their digital devices. Uh, we're on Periscope Live right now. We're on uh, Facebook and all these other social media video outlets in, in addition to our audio platforms. But um, so from the end user, what are some mistakes that you see? Like when you look at a website and you see a video, you're like, you, you know, you just have to like uh, knock yourself in the head or, you know, what kind of <laughs> like, uh, what are the, the don'ts, right? Because you, you're doing the do's. Right? Sure. <laughs> sure. What, what are the don'ts? What are the yeah, don'ts? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. No, we see this all the time. We actually, it's funny, we do a webinar every week where we're doing education okay. on legal video marketing. And the last one we did was on the 10 biggest mistakes. Right, yeah. um, so, <laughs> you know, one of them is, you know, we've seen videos where there's not a, uh, they, they haven't identified their audience, right? So they try to be all things to all people. And they worry that, you know, it, I practice family law and personal injury and criminal defense and mm -hmm. immigration and everything, right? Because I don't want to miss out on any cases. But instead, what we find what happens when you brand yourself as McDonald's is that you miss out on the biggest cases and the, and the more discerning clients and that people don't want to work with the attorney that does everything, right? The full service law firm. Sure. Um, you know, another one that we see oftentimes is that there's not a call to action. So there's, there's the assumption that yeah. it's always going to be viewed on your website, but we find now videos are viewed on YouTube and Facebook and right. there's, mm. we've seen videos that don't have a website address or a phone number or any yeah. method of contacting the attorney or law firm. Um, and, you know, another one, I think, is not having one focus or one message. So we see a lot of law firms that talk about, you know, their, the experience that they have, the awards that they've won, the charities that they're a part of, um, just the, you know, the, the fantasy football in their office. I mean, everything you can think of, right? right. But in, instead of having one clear takeaway and, and one clear value proposition in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, we are unique because of, let's say, for example, the personalized level of attention that we offer our clients, right? Mm -hmm. um, or the combined 150 years of experience or whatever it is, but um, just something that does set you apart. Mm. Yeah, I always thought that was um, an odd thing to state, you know, uh, these number of people in a, in a business and our combined experience is 200 years. I'm like, <laughs> that math, I don't, I don't understand that math, right? How does that impact the end user, the customer, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so uh, what does a good day look like for you in your, in your practice? So we, you know, we work with hundreds of attorneys all over the country. I mean, we're based out of Atlanta, but we've you know, we've now grown because, uh, I mean, working with a number of different legal associations from the ABA to um, AVO, PILMA, the various criminal defense and personal injury organizations, we primarily work with solo and small firms just right. across mm -hmm. all practice areas. So for us, I mean, th the reason why we choose that as opposed to the mega firms is yeah. we really believe that we can make an impact with the smaller firms, a much larger impact. I mean, we've you know, for, for lack of a better way of saying this, we've absolutely changed their life from someone who is struggling and doesn't know where the next case is coming from to now having a predictability and consistency. And now they can be a better attorney because they don't have to worry about mm. where is the next case coming from. So can you do that? Can you have some sort of like um, stats that say, if I do this, I know I'm going to get this much. And, and that kind of led to my next question was, is it really expensive? And, you know, when you see the return, it's worth it. Can you kind of explain that? It's an investment, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, it's, it is it is an investment, and this is one of those areas where you get what you pay for. You know, oftentimes we're not the first option. We've, we've You know, many of our clients come to us after they've tried once or twice or two other cheaper options, and now mm -hmm. they, you know, they want this, this done right. Right. Um, but in terms of, you know, statistics, at least with us, um, our average client sees a full return uh, on, their, on their video typically in the first 30 days. Wow. And then over the course of a year, they see an increase in their average case value of two to ten times. So it's just considering wow. what is the solution worth to you. Yes, sure. it is an investment, but it's, you know, it's not as much of an investment as buying every billboard. Um, and, right. And then That's a good point. the other thing with video that, that I'll say, just because you know, I feel like that we fight this battle, is that um, not all videos are the same. And it's very important that this content is produced correctly, implemented mm -hmm. correctly, marketed correctly, because it doesn't matter how much you're saving if it doesn't work. Mm, that's very good. That's a good way to kind of end this um, uh, interview. And just 
the biggest thing I got from this is you share um, the same things that I do. I love to have attorneys tell their story, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing. And so kudos to you because they love to tell their story. Yeah. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you'll let our listeners know how they can reach you. Sure. You can visit us on, on the web at crisplegalvideo.com. It's C-R-I-S-P. Um, and you can even email me directly if you're interested, um, and we'll do a full like video marketing audit for you if you've produced videos in the past or if you're just getting started with video, um, what types of videos can help based on your goals. Like mm-hmm. No obligation to work with us at all. We'll, we'll create the blueprint, and you can decide what to do. Um, you can email me, email me at michael at crispvideo.com. Thank you. That was Michael Mogul, president and CEO of Crisp Video Group here on Atlanta Legal Experts Radio. And this is Emily Rowell, your host, signing out for today. Thank you again for joining Emily Rowell and her guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of Atlanta Legal Experts Radio.